welcome to episode 10 of Unsweetened and Unfiltered. Zena, it's we the last episode of Ramadan. It. It's so crazy because I feel like when we were putting the podcast together, we were saying like, oh, in a few months, it's going to be Ramadan and it's going to be so hard for us to record while fasting. And although it was, it there was some difficulties recording because we're talking for an hour straight with no water, no water breaks, nothing. And I mean, you'll see once you listen to this episode, I couldn't talk because my mouth was so dry. Girl, I told you, go switch some water yeah, in here. But I mean, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Yeah, but I mean, I had absolutely no hunger pains. I never do. The last thing I worry about during Ramadan is hunger is pains. food, right? Food, I don't care. Like, I really is don't. Is it mostly like coffee withdrawals for you? No, the only it's not even coffee withdrawals because honestly, coffee doesn't do anything for me. When I drink coffee, it's more for just like me to actually like unwind and relax. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing like I miss. I just miss going to the coffee shops. But when it comes like food and all that no that doesn't bother me but um for this episode we have a special guest Uh, we already announced her on our instagram so you guys already know who it is but it's yusra kandil if you guys don't know who she is i would be surprised because her instagram tv is it igtv igtv and her facebook her facebook all gone viral they're going viral and most recently her story about the hedge which she's going to explain in just a moment um I think the reason why people resonate with her and her stories and why she's going viral is because of the way she says her stories. She talks about a personal experience and then she relates it to our faith, to our religion and everything. And it makes you realize like, dang, like, you know what? There's a lot of things that I go through every day, be it good or bad or whatnot, but I never think of like correlating it with our own religion, you know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people think that miracles only happen back in the Sahaba days. Yeah. And it's good to realize that Things are happening in our daily lives that are so powerful and so majestic. And we just have to take a step back and look at it and and realize that these things are happening by the grace of God, basically. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like her story is simple, but it had so many hidden gems in there. And that's what she was trying to showcase all of that. So again, I'm really excited for this episode. It's probably one of my favorites because I love anything like lecture related that's very just chill and that you can really relate to. And I think it's very important for our youth to be able to listen to lectures and actually relate to them where they feel like, oh, I went through that. And wow, I didn't think of it that way. So I mean, as she was saying her stories, I remembered something that I had gone through and seeing the connection of like, this is what I wanted, but this is what God wanted. And it made me realize how important realizing that like everything is in God's hands yeah and we're always constantly growing so it's not always that you know what's best for you so again if God wants to plan my life please take the wheel because I (laughs) sometimes don't know what I'm doing so again I'm all for that absolutely yeah so let's move on to the giveaway we had a really great giveaway I mean all our giveaways are great but this giveaway um was from Canava Handmade her Instagram handle is Canava.Handmade these beautiful one-of-a-kind luxury mother of pearl clutches that I fell in love with when I first saw them. I first saw it on Isra. This was like yes. maybe a year or two ago. And I'm like, girl, where did she get that? It's so beautiful. beautiful because it's very intricate. It has nice, like it's almost Palestinian. I think it is. It's Palestinian embroidery, but it's more, it's like a, a hard clutch. It's yes. not actual embroidery, but it's Yeah, it so... kind of reminds me of those cases that we have the Quran in. Yeah. Right? Like that, That's it what does. it reminded me of. Yeah. So um, she is restocking soon. I yes. believe she already did. It's, she's restocking for aid, you guys. So keep a lookout again, like you told them, um, her Instagram handle, check her out. It's beautiful. I just love, um, I already know once she restocks, I'm placing an order cause I fell in love with them. Yeah. Cause they're timeless pieces. And like, honestly, sometimes I struggle when it's a wedding. I'm like, dang, I don't have a clutch. But I, I feel my- like you yeah. can wear these with a dress, with oh. a thob, with jeans. Like yes. I feel like you can wear these 
anywhere. Absolutely. So our winner is for dun, this dun, giveaway, Ele Zetawi. So it's like underscore, underscore, Ele Zetawi, underscore, underscore. So girl, you just got Congratulations. lucky. Congratulations. Congratulations. I envy you right now because I'm about to put, place my order, but <laughs> you're going to receive yours before my, before me. But again, it's beautiful. Um, we want to thank Canva for partnering up with us. Um, we want to thank all the previous you know, brands that have partnered up with us, it, it means a lot. Yeah. When And we love supporting businesses by women for women. Yeah. You know, small businesses that are doing incredible things for our community. Absolutely. Um, as always, please stick around after the episode for our unfiltered afterthoughts, where Zane and I just discuss and just give our feedback and yeah, just we reflect a summary. On, yeah, reflect on the episode and what we've learned and what we've taken away and what we hope you guys will take away. Absolutely. And before you jump into this episode, just please make sure that you guys are subscribed. Um, and after this episode, if you enjoyed it, you can give us a review. Yes, so we love those. Let's dive in. Let's do it. So we want to thank you, Yusra, for coming on here and blessing us with your presence and with this beautiful story that I um, that caught my eye on Instagram. And I would love for you to just reiterate it on the podcast. Um, it started with you going to the hedge and you brought back a present. So if you want to just start from there. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really honored. Um, so the story of Hajj, subhanAllah, from the very beginning, a challenge in itself um, from not really expecting to go to so many trials and tests um, before going to Hajj. And then finally getting there, alhamdulillah, and completing it and being with, you know, a specific group with people. Um, you know, fast forward a couple of months, I um, meet a group of people in Cherry Hill and um, I start joining their co-op. And a, a few weeks into the co-op, I'm just like sitting, you know, very laid back to chatting with one of the moms and like, you know, I've never, ever had Ajwa dates. I wonder what those taste like. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I probably had already five pounds of those. And subhanAllah, as I was saying, it really hit me hard. Like, subhanAllah, like I kept those to eat or share with my family at home. It was her, it was her sustenance. Her names were written on it from the day Sayyidina Muhammad probably planted those palm trees, you know. I said, you know, I really need to do a video about this, like, you know, how you have to have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and I kind of got distracted, subhanAllah. Fast forward a couple more months and then we're in Ramadan. A friend of mine, as I said, who was returned from Umrah and she catches me. She told me, I have some Zamzam water for you a couple of days before that. And she gives me the little bag and I open it in the car. So I went home right away and I just had to share it with everybody, you know, hoping to inspire people, inshallah, to have more trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think it resonated with everybody because it was a personal story of yours. You weren't just saying a hadith or a verse from the Quran. And I feel like some of us resonate more when we hear somebody actually going an through actual something, experience. an actual yeah. experience and, and yes. then relating it to our faith and the Quran and our religion. So for yes. me, I was like such a simple story that, but look how all this meeting and all these hidden gems in between the story. And it's just, it's beautiful. And it's, I think it's amazing how you were able to take a step back and, and look yes. deeply into this simple gesture between you and your friends. I do want to talk about just the fact of trusting Allah and our risk and our destiny. So, you know, the fact of trusting Allah, actually, I just wanted to add something before I go on yes. um, to the, the, the date story that I didn't share because it happened last Tuesday. We we're celebrating one of our friends. She graduated, mashallah. And um, 
So I bought the jar of dates that was given to me and I wanted to share with my close friends. But then my friend tells me, wait a minute, was it so-and-so? And I was like, yeah, she's like, you know, I didn't get dates. I only got the Zamzam water. This is like, I should probably go back and make another video about that. You know, like everybody else got Zamzam water, but for some reason she got, gave me those dates. So I just wanted to add that in there, you know, before I forget. And I want to kind of like reflect back again and go to Salman al-Farisi story in the sense of trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what the reward is. And when you have the sabr and the patience, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you, right? You know, I don't know how many people know the story of Salman al-Farisi but he was basically the son of the chieftain of, you know, of Persia. And they used to worship the fire. And his father always used to keep him inside. And finally, maybe around one when he was seven or eight as a young child, he asked him to go and kind of help him maintain the fire going and look over his property. And basically, as a lot of you know, you know, he came across a group of people. It was, he heard them, you know, praying and invoking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he went back to his dad and he said, you know, it makes more sense than us worshiping the fire. So his dad shackled him up, right? And subhanAllah, he found a way to kind of like figure out when the next caravan was going to Syria to go find people there and how he ended up running away just trying to find the truth because he knew it was the right thing, right? And subhanAllah, um, later on he gets sold as a, as a slave, right? And he ends up finding himself going to the place he was meant to go, which is where all the palm trees are, subhanAllah. He's a slave for 10 whole years, right? Until he hears about, you know, the man or the prophet that was expected to come, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu wasallam, right? And then he tries to test him by giving him the date saying, oh, this is charity. So Sayyidina Muhammad feeds what, or, you know, the Sahaba, but doesn't eat from it. And the next day he goes, okay, these are a gift, these dates. So Sayyidina Muhammad eats from them. He's like, check, you know, point to his off. And then the third day, he's looking for the, you know, uh, the khitman nabi or the seal of prophethood. And Sayyidina Muhammad kind of lowers his garb a little bit backwards so he can see it, right? And subhanAllah, when Sayyidina Muhammad tells him, you know, that um, to free you and he, the, the owner tells him, okay, I want 300 palm trees that will not die. And, you know, I think it was 40 grams of gold, right? So Sayyidina Muhammad calls on the companions and they all bring what? Palm trees. And he tells them, dig the holes, but do not plant them, right? And Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, plants these palm trees with his hands. SubhanAllah, it really hit me hard. Like, we are eating from these trees today because of Salman al-Farisi's sabr and his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? He's so patient. And we're not talking about a day or two. You talk about 10 years in slavery, subhanAllah, after being the son of who? The chief of, you know, the Persians. Subhanak, ya Rabb, being sold as a slave, but he had that faith and had that trust. And the reward was something we are benefiting from till this very day, subhanAllah. Absolutely. SubhanAllah. That's SubhanAllah. Such a, I got chills. Like I did too because it shows the hardship and how long sometimes you do have to be patient. It could be 10 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, could, sometimes yeah. when you're faced with hardships, you have two options and it's either to turn to Allah or turn away from Allah. And SubhanAllah, yes. how he was able to keep his sabr and keep his patience. But a lot yes. of people, I feel like even if they have the imam, it's still hard for them to take a step back and realize that everything is met and everything happens for a reason. But when you're going through a hardship, it's kind of hard to make that connect. Yes. And what advice do you have for people who may be going through a hard time? In your video, you mentioned like um, people, you know, they have their risk. And even if they're like, they can't find anyone to marry, they can't find a job. How do they keep that patience and that sabr and that connect to Allah? It's a matter of training yourself. It's a mindset at the end of the day. That's what it is. And I think, you know, do visual things like sometimes we need to see things written in front of us, whether it's reminders, whether it's an activity you can do. Um, yeah, sometimes it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you say, oh, alhamdulillah, Allah, I know it's from Allah. This is, you know, what Allah wants 
months for me. But sometimes, you know, it's hard, you know, with everything going around uh, around us in dunya, um, you know, to have that kind of mindset, to put yourself in that phase. I'm in this dunya. It's just a short time. I, I have to get tested. You're meant to be tested, right? I'm not here. Yeah, we have fun, alhamdulillah. And we have our sources of comfort, whether it's our families or our friends or our risk or our homes, whatever it is. We get tested right and left. And the closer you get, the more you get tested, right? You think about it, the purer the gold is, the the more heated, you have to heat it more and more to get the pure form of silver gold. It has to be heated to a very high degree. So the same thing with us, with our souls, in order to get to that level, we have to get tested. I mean, I, for, for me and my kids, like, honest to God, we try to, um, I tried something we were thinking about in the sense of tests and trials, but I thought even in sense of blessings, thinking of how grateful we are, right? So we just got like dollar store jars, pretty jars, decorated them. And we said, just every day, think of something that's good because you know how kids are this, this, you know, the time that we live in, they kind of like feel like they're entitled to everything and they don't necessarily see all the blessings they have, right? In the place that we live in, at least. So I thought it's important for me to kind of train them to see the good. And it's really a matter of training. And subhanAllah, after a while, I kind of, you know, they kind of pick up on it. You know, they even when things happen, they kind of see, look, well, maybe this is good. Maybe Allah thinks this is better for us. This is why this and this happened. And they surprisingly, subhanAllah, it, it does kick in after a while. Like, you know, my kids were not like that before. I'm not saying they're perfect. We have a very long way to go. But um, they, we have we'll have points where, you know, my husband leaves off to work with my car keys and I have somewhere important to go. I'm trying to like, you know, not flip out. And then my little daughter, she's like 10 years old. She's like, you know, well, maybe something bad was going to happen, mama. Maybe Allah protects us from something else. So it's a mindset and it's training. And I think for me personally, when it comes to hardships, I think the way that I can I get through them is I look at hardships from a different lens. I feel like a hardship comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if, if it's coming from Allah, anything to me, in my personal belief, anything that comes from Allah is laced with goodness. It's laced with silver linings and you need to be able to look at everything, even if it's something that you're going through that's super hard and it's, it's causing you so much pain and grief and you're struggling there's a reason for that. And I feel like when it comes to you growing and going to the next stage in your life, it's called growing pains. It's when you're growing, it's never simple. It's never easy. It's never seamless. And you're not just like, so yeah, true. so you're going to feel that pain and struggle. But wallahi, it's so beautiful when all that struggle has just subsided. And now look at you, you've, you, you've just transitioned into a whole new, stronger person. And I think it's beautiful when you do become that stronger person in your faith and your spiritual being just physically, mentally, emotionally. So I, that's just how I see hardships. And I also look at hardships as stepping stones. So for me, when I'm tested with these hardships, I look at it as like, wow, subhanAllah, like Allah wants me, specifically me, to get closer to him. He's speaking to me through these trials. When it comes to your story and just giving back, I think in today's world, we want everything for ourselves. But Yes. Honestly, I, I also believe that we're so blessed, subhanAllah, like we have a roof over our heads, we have our job, we have our cars, we have our friends, family, everything, that we believe that we earned everything, that this is ours, but we don't realize that I feel like Allah sometimes gives you an, an abundance of these blessings to see what you do with them, to see, because even your blessings, yes, your hardships are a test, but I feel like even your blessings are a test in itself. He wants to see what you do when, when he's giving you all these goods and riches and, and just a healthy well-being and your family that's and your friends. That's such a good point. Yeah, yeah that's that's, really I believe that's also um, a test in itself. 
I just want to transition now to Ramadan. There's not many days left, and it's honestly the saddest time of the year for me. I feel like to to <laughs> yeah. It's just it's like you know, we're all panicking yeah, now. It's like oh no. Yeah. So I feel like I read so much online with people. Actually, I want to take a step back. I want to talk about the purpose of Ramadan because I know in one of your videos you talked about it's not just abstaining from food, but you're also abstaining your heart from the negatives of this yeah, dunya. I tried to explain it to my coworkers the other day. Yeah, like, what's the point of you not eating? from sunrise to sundown and obviously like I went to Islamic school from a very young age and I knew that like yeah we don't eat we don't drink and then I was like wait a minute it's more than that like Absolutely. it's so much more than that so if you can elaborate on what the purpose of Ramadan is you know like you know Siam has been prescribed or fasting is prescribed for you as it's been prescribed for those before you and the answer is in the last words what? So that you may attain, it's not righteousness, it's piety. And piety means self-awareness. You're not just, it's not just about being aware of what's going into my mouth or what's going into my stomach, but you are alone. You could eat and nobody's going to see you. But the idea that you're holding yourself, even when no one is watching you, because you are aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me. You are aware that Allah is with me during these days. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always with us, but that level of awareness is so much higher. SubhanAllah. Allah I told my kids the other day, it's not about eating or drinking. It's very easy to go. They all, everybody's now talking about intermittent fasting and how it detoxes you. And But really, it brings an awareness like, what am I using that? So the taqwa, the sense of taqwa. And when you are aware of everything around you, it's going to impact you, subhanAllah, right? It's going to affect you. It's going to bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's not really fasting of, of just, you know, my stomach, but it's the fasting of the jawara, fasting of my my eyes, my ears, my every part of my body is fasting. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to watch this. It's going to displease Allah. I'm not going to, you know. So you become so aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the extent that you attain the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's such a high level, subhanAllah. Absolutely. And I, I think um, we also need to utilize this month. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel no pain when it comes to hunger pains. I don't, yeah. I no, don't get hungry. My mind is not on that. I think what we need to utilize this month for is to um, focus on our weaknesses. And I think it's beautiful. You set this up with your children where yes. they had a goal. And it, and I like how you made them write it down because I feel like when you write something down and you have a witness, you're held accountable now. Now you're being watched to make sure that you're following through with your goal. Can you talk about that? Yes. So it was two years ago at one of the conventions and one of the brothers was saying like, you know, how, you know, his reaction is a reflection of his own heart towards even his kids. So we came back and I was like, you know what, I think we need to set goals and we need to be able to see them because when you see something, it's in front of you. It really is a reminder. We we come back from these conventions and we're like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that and whatnot. But it's really important. We, we kind of like, it kind of like, you know, wears away and we forget. Not that we intentionally, you know, not intentionally, but it just happens. So it's like, no, no, no. We need to sit down, you know, and nothing fancy again, just simple frames from wherever you can. And I made each one of them think of something they're really struggling with. We all have our flaws. We all have our struggles from the biggest sheikh to the youngest person who is still beginning the religion, right? Everybody has their struggles, subhanAllah. Each one of you just think of something you're struggling with. We're going to write it down on this pretty paper and we're going to frame it. And this is going to be our goal this Ramadan, just remind it, you know, as a reminder and put it in front of us. When you have a goal, just write it and put it up in front of you, like, you know, a religious goal or why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, is it for me just to attain, you know, fame or to people to like me or to the, or is it really and truly for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And I truly believe that that one that hit me is again, I was saying hard, like you think of Sayyidina Muhammad when he, you know, he sent that little boy to go do an important errand for him. And after hours he came and he found him playing. 
crying, you know, what was his reaction? He patted him on the back, right? And very gently, like us, I'm like, you know, you tell your child to do something and like, they don't do it. I was like, what are you doing? You know, you flip it like, subhanAllah, it's us. how do we react to that? You know, so I think it's so important that we visualize and write down our goals and put them in front. Don't just write them and put them away in a notebook. No, remind yourself, you know, in your car and or behind the door we're leaving, something where you're going to see it and consistently remind yourself, you know, be your own helper, help yourself. Absolutely. That also takes us into, because I was going to ask you about anger. And I feel like, I mean, I'm guilty myself. It's so quick for me. I have a short fuse. I can easily get angry about something. And you don't realize that in that temporary moment, when you said some harsh words or you yelled at your loved ones down the road, you feel that guilt and it just settles on your heart and it feels so heavy. It feels truly heavy. So, and it's beautiful the way you said it. And I think this is what's going to probably help me in the future because it's the way you react to things. It's not because of who you're talking to or, um, it's, it's just the, what, what's it, it's a reflection of your heart. So I think that's, it makes you reassess how you're going to react to your certain loved ones and everything like that. And I, so is that how that, is that what helped you when it came to just you refraining from being angry with your loved ones? Yes. Yes, yes. Like, you know, with kids, like, oh, do this, do that. You know, I homeschool my kids too. And they're very close in age, subhanAllah. So, and I usually like, you know, alhamdulillah, I have patience, but subhanAllah, they really test to yeah. these kids, you know. That was my one of my biggest challenges because I'm with them. And then at one point, every day I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know, today's going to be a good day. We're not going to yell today. And then like, you know, 2.2 seconds <laughs> later, I'm like, God, here we go again, you know. Um, but subhanAllah, I think it really did help because it keeps on reminding me like, oh my God, it's it, it's me. It's not them. So I keep reminding myself with that, but it really did help me a lot. It did really help me a lot, subhanAllah. When you see yourself and you kind of like reflect on your actions, not that the person in front of you. And when you step back, maybe maybe at that point you were all heated up and there's so many things going on. But later on, as you said, when you sit down and kind of like reevaluate the situation, was it really worth me yelling or, you know, or being upset about it, you know, if they, I don't know, didn't do what they were supposed to do. And it's probably something silly, you know, we, we all end up like, you know, um, being upset at something or the other, you know, whether it's worthy of being upset about or not, subhanAllah. And I think that when people get us angry, it's, that's also a test from Allah. It's just how we yes, respond to absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm guilty as well. Like being frustrated with a heavy workload and then coming home and having to do my wifely duties. Sometimes it gets a lot. So I get frustrated and I feel like that's just a testimony. Like how is she going to react to all the stress that she has on herself right now? And that's a great point. That's a great way of looking at it. I think. Absolutely. Um, I do want to talk about just Ramadan specifically. And I think for me, I I resonated with a lot of people online and their posts. A lot of people were open and they said they felt a spiritual struggle, a spiritual disconnect this Ramadan. And I myself was able to resonate with that because last Ramadan, I was just a different person. It's not that I'm skipping prayers this time around or anything like that. But last time I was just, if I had a different feeling in my heart, I felt more connected. I felt so much more connected. I would cry in prayer. I would stay up all night reading like books of and hadith and everything but this year I think I just had a different workload and I was like just distracted with the worldly things with the things of this dunya that I didn't feel like I connected that this much to Ramadan so when it comes to these people and to just give them that extra push and that extra momentum in the last few days what would you recommend for them the ones that do have that spiritual disconnection this time around I will tell you one thing you need to have a support system 
if you can be spiritual and connect on your own, that's wonderful. But you need to have the sohbah. You need to have that support system. You need to have people who are with you on the same path, trying to achieve the same thing, trying to attain a little qadr, trying to, you know, people who were like, you're tired, like, no, come on, come on, we got to go to tarawih. In the day of judgment, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمْرًا And those who fear their Lord will come together in what? Groups. Not alone. You come together in Jannah in groups. People ask about one another in Jannah because they were together in groups. It's very important that you find someone who is going to support you, someone who's going to be your fajr buddy, somebody who's going to drive with you, and then you go and together you're going to pray, and then you're going to go get suhoor together, but then you're going to finish your juz that you finish. It's so, so important that you have that vision and you understand that, yes, you could make it on your own, but it's so much much better when you have that sohbah so so much better that companionship that support system so it's very important to have that absolutely i mean i see it as like i'm fortunate enough to still live with my family and i have my mother who goes to tarawih every night so she every time she comes to each of our rooms who's going to tarawih tonight with me who's going to come and drive me to tarawih like she holds us accountable because she doesn't want to drive to tarawih yes. so she says one of you guys has to come with me and you guys have to drive and then when you see one of your siblings go you're like you know let's just all go yeah. i have absolutely nothing else to do let me go let me see every Everybody, my friends and my family at the gym and might as well do tarawih prayer and really enjoy um, everything about Ramadan. And I think tarawih prayer is only during Ramadan. So why not take advantage of this beautiful time? Um, so I also want to, I realize that like in Ramadan, I think this is why we also have a spiritual disconnect. Maybe it's not so much a spiritual disconnect, but more so we're really hard on ourselves. We assume that this is the month that I'm going to be just a whole new person once it's all said and done with, and it's going to change me. I'm going to just be better at praying. I might wear the hijab. I might just everything. So I, I don't think that's realistic. What are your thoughts on that? Yusra? So you can't, you can't, Change a night. I mean, of course, you could change a night. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of everything. Absolutely. You have to warm up. You have to train yourself. You have to practice. If you're not praying sunnah and say, you know what, maybe I'm going to just add sunnah to the door, right? Um, maybe I'm just going to fast Mondays. Add something. You need to start warming up because we kind of like all go into Ramadan and the first 10 days we're all like up and we're like, you know, preparing these big sahurs and we're there for tarawih and we're in the first row and this and that. If you're not already in that form, if you have not like literally worked out before Ramadan prepared yourself, what's going to happen? You burn out, you get tired. So to be realistic, you have to set for yourself realistic goals so you don't also depress yourself and you're not too hard on yourself say you know what maybe you know maybe i'm not wearing hijab but maybe you know what maybe i'll wear it just during ramadan you know i have a lot of friends who did that but that was how it started you practice you warm up there's no way you're going to try to get closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah is going to turn you back no way you know you're not going to tell allah oh i'm getting closer allah tells you if you come just like one footstep to me i come running to you know like you know so if you're going to show for you know to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you know i want to get closer i want to do something even if it's small but consistent and that's also another good point consistency don't like say i'm gonna like change the world and no 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 no. with this consistency subhanallah wallah you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna build stamina and then it's gonna become it's gonna become something natural and it's just gonna come naturally so i think it's really important to set realistic goals that's one thing and don't be too hard on yourself because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful but prepare and be consistent small and consistent right Absolutely. And I think that we even forget that like this is a great time to speak to Allah and we can speak to Allah by also benefiting ourselves by um, doing um, dua daily. And I think sometimes you feel like you're so selfish when you make dua for yourself, but we are meant to make dua for ourselves. Maybe you can make dua and tell Allah like, hey, I'm struggling. I just want to get closer to you. Please guide me. Please let me strengthen my iman. And also seeking repentance. I don't think or like just repenting in general. I, I think we forget that part. And I think we just don't like to talk about our mistakes and we don't like, so we just 
you know, forego the forgiving and we forget to like, that's the best yes. part that Allah loves about us the most is when we ask for forgiveness because you're reinstating that he is your Lord and you're also reinstating that everything is in his hands and that you also are held accountable for your mistakes and you do want to change. Absolutely. I mean, we are yes. human. We're not perfect. So we're obviously going to make mistakes and obviously of you course. Know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that. But um, with the end of Ramadan quickly approaching, a lot of us are at like a spiritual high. How do we uh, maintain that momentum leaving Ramadan? One ayah, Surah Al-Kahf, verse 28. Wasbir nafsaka by being with those who invoke their Lord night and day and do not oversee, don't twitch around from them. Keep yourself stuck with people who are trying to attain Jannah. That's all I'm going to tell you. You stick with these people and inshallah, you're going to stay on that path, right? Aid comes in, you know, we celebrate and then what happens? The massages are all empty again. You know, everybody's back to their normal life, subhanAllah. And it's such a, it's such a, it's a heartbreaking um, feeling when you go to the masjid the next day, Dhuhr prayer and, or Maghrib prayer and there's nobody there. You know, subhanAllah, it really is. I mean, I understand people are celebrating and they're in their homes and whatnot, but it's so important. You keep stuck with a group of people or friends, pick a friend, go through your phone, pick up your phone. You're going to know the best, like, you know, Loving people for, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? This is something that we all, I guess, all experience during Ramadan in the masjid, right? Just having that suhbah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rewarded so immensely, right? But imagine if you're doing it for the sake of Allah and then above and all of that, you're getting rewarded for it by such immense rewards, subhanAllah, right? And they can actually like intercede for you on the day of judgment. Like, where's my friend? He used to be with us from the people who used to pray. Why is he with us in Jannah, right? Please bring him with us in Jannah. So subhanAllah, I think companionship with people who share with you the same vision that I want to go to Jannah. This is my goal. This is where I need to go, you know, and you, you yourself be that support to somebody else, whether it's your sibling, your cousins, your friends, whoever it is, you know. So it's so important. Again, as I, I keep repeating this, the support system and having friends that share with you the same vision. Well, like, we kind of like a, we're kind of like a checkpoint for each other, right? We kind of are like each other's eyes. And subhanAllah, of course, we always like think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like, you know, is this going to please Allah or not? But sometimes you think, oh, if so-and-so was there, I think she wouldn't like what I'm doing or what I'm wearing. You know what I'm saying? So you have those friends that are subhanAllah, a reminder to you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is such a beautiful thing. You know, just looking at them just reminds Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of his mercy and of his love and, and his compassion and so many things, subhanAllah. Allah. Absolutely. Because I mean, I pray for Allah, but how did I start praying? It was because of my mom. And she was the one that would just gently remind us. My mom was never harsh on us. She never pushed religion on us. She would just always give us this gently, gentle reminder. And then when you, you want to please your mother, she is your mother. And so when she's telling you, please pray, you want to do what she's telling you to do. And then subhanAllah, on your own, you just find the beauty in prayer and the why you pray. You don't now you're not just doing it for your mom, but you're also doing it for the right reasons, which is for Allah and for yourself as well yeah. to just be a better Muslim. So to me, I, I love the month of Ramadan and I, I want to be able to see it more so as not a month where I should pressure myself to be a better Muslim or anything like that. To me, I want to see it as a training period for the rest of the year, inshallah. Like it's more of like a, a refresher, a, a, a time where you can recalibrate yourself, your intentions. And I think we feel a little bit more guilty in Ramadan when we do something wrong. I feel like inshallah, we continue feeling this guilt and like making sure that Anytime you're doing something wrong, you hold yourself accountable and you take a step back and you reassess yourself. And, and carrying on those responsibilities and those that things, the things that you've learned during Ramadan, post-Ramadan. Yeah. And 
I know we mentioned this, but like, I do have friends who sometimes, you know, they are struggling through something and I want to give them the best advice. But to me, what the best advice is, is to be patient and to do and to trust Allah. But sometimes I feel like that's empty wishes for my friends and they feel like, well, that's not a quick fix. That's not, that's not going to help me tonight overnight. You know, I'm going through this right now. So what can I tell my friends in order to make, to have, give them hope to be better, to feel better? Well, of course, apart from giving words of comfort, okay, and soothing and, you know, telling them to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I think it, it's difficult to tell someone to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they don't really know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, yes. right? I can tell you, you know, trust this person, he's going to take care of you. But, you know, you don't even know who this person is. Or you don't know how, you know, much, of course, of course, I'm not comparing, but I'm just giving an example. I'm taking classes in um, here locally in uh, Safina Society, right, the Sawailam track. And we had done like, you know, um, and we had done like whatever, um, you know, narration. And it was very spiritual. But when it came to the 99 names of Allah and Aqidah, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to skip this one and then I'm going to go to the next one, right? Um, and subhanAllah, when you really know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, when you study those 99 nine, uh, names, your the way you see things is totally shifted. He's handling things for you. When you start knowing those names and knowing who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, then the sabr comes in naturally. The, you know, the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes naturally. And then you kind of like reinforce like, in Allah is with those who are patient. He's with you. Can you imagine when Allah is with you because you're, you know, having that sabr, you know? If you know a story of somebody who's sharing the same experience, well, I, and that's why I always feel like, you know, sharing stories are so important because it's something realistic to people. Sometimes when we bring things from so back in the past, they're like, oh, well, well, that was the Sahaba. These stories are there for us to kind of like give us the sabr, to give us the patience, to give us the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think one of those strongest stories that you could always share is the, the story of what Umm Musa, right, alayhi salam, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells her what, like a mother, throw him into the, not put him in, throw him, throw him into the Nile, right? There's alligators in the Nile, people, yeah. right? And then is that an enemy of mine and his is going to what? Pick him up, like, you're not just going to throw him, but you're going to give him to the enemy that you're trying to protect him from. What kind of trust is this? But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala later says, what, what, Allah is going to, what, I'm going to return him back to you so that your heart is rested. But you have to have that trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, like, you know, like you think about Fir'aun who was killing all these boys mm -hmm. because of what his, his ru'ya, because of Musa coming. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? He's the, he kills all these boys, but he's the one who's going to raise Musa himself, alayhi salam, in his own home as his own child. The trust that you had in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just the, figure, the idea of like knowing that I'm going to throw my child into the water, into the Nile. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings him. You just need to have that trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember that Allah tests those who are closer. The closer you get, the more you're going to get tested. Allah, you know, he's the best one who can handle our affairs. Wallahi, we sit and worry and this and that. But at the end of the day, he really knows. He created me, he created you, he created everybody. So he knows. And he knows what he's doing. So you just have to have that trust. You need to know Allah first. Trust is going to come in naturally. Absolutely. And if we trust our own friends and we trust our family, how can we not trust our own creator? The one that, exactly. like you said, handles all of our affairs. We have to be able to trust the one who created us just because we don't see him. I mean, we're being tested with our hardships and blessings. He is here. He is around us and everything. So I, I think it's super important. I, and like I said, it's much easier said than done sometimes. But I think when you go through all these hardships, you're only going to grow and you're going to become a better person. And I feel like I am the way I am because of what I went through. And you, of course. as a Muslim, yes. you almost feel like you don't have regrets unless you've done something hurtful and intentional towards somebody. Yes, you should feel a bit, a bit guilt. But when it comes to hardships and the things I faced, you look back 
back and you look at it from a completely different lens and you're like, I cannot believe that this, what I went through, I was crying night and day and I thought Allah hated me, but Wallahi, that was the moment that I should have realized that Allah loved me so much. Allah will never test you with something you can't handle. Like, you know, we, we are at some points feeling like, oh, this is just too much to bear. Like, it's just like, like your, your chest is overwhelmed. He's not going to test you with, he knows you are cut for this test. He knows you can handle this test. And that's why you have that test. Everybody's being tested in what they can handle, subhanAllah, whether it's wealth or health. He's getting what they can handle and what they're going to, you know, what's going to bring them closer to Allah, hopefully, inshallah. I think it's also important because I like what you just said. It's also important to, I think we live in a day and age where we're on social media. So again, everybody puts their best foot forward. They show the best parts of their lives. So here we are, we're walking down the path that Allah has given us, but we're not facing forward. We're not looking ahead to make sure that we're, we're walking this path correctly. We're looking from side to side to, and we're assessing everybody else's lives and we're comparing and contrasting yes. our lives. So in that sense, when you're yes. walking down this path, you're, you're not able to see these stepping stones that you might be tripping over and you're actually just, you're, you're not getting closer to Allah and you're not walking this path the right way because you are comparing and contrasting your life with, with everybody else. So I feel like you need to just have not a tunnel vision, but just to face forward and just keep moving forward because everybody is being tested. Wallahi, every single person behind closed doors is being tested and yeah, you never and want to compare. You might not see it. You might not see because Wallahi, Allah gives you. No, you won't. A yeah. lot of people carry themselves so gracefully. You'll never know what's going on. I was telling my kids we should start like a new hashtag and just post like messy pictures of our home when you guys are arguing when everything's I mean this is real life this is what our life actually looks like it's we're normal human beings and people subhanAllah kind of I think in general we kind of like I, I remember I posted I posted something a while ago a picture when it was raining in Masjid Al-Aqsa right one of my friends like oh please make dua for us and let me know when you're back from Palestine I'm like I'm not in Palestine I'm actually on my couch in my living room yes, see, exactly. in my pajamas you know like we, we really kind of have to be realistic and understand no one is perfect no one can attain this perfect picture because we are not perfect human beings we are created Allah says what if you know if everybody were you know you know not to sin he would replace us and bring people who would sin so he could forgive them subhanallah you know no one has that perfect image you know and subhanallah trying to keep up with that is very very dangerous because it can get to your heart and it's a huge distraction from dunya like i want to make everything look perfect but is that really real life i I really i think i'm going to start this hashtag our real life i love it yeah Yeah, i really love it i could i could definitely do it and no filters and i've been like trying lately like absolutely no filters this is what we look like you know we're human beings up in Sepala, we live in a crazy time and age, and Jenny, back, so yeah. I think just being Absolutely realistic. Respect to social media and just being more honest, and I really would like that hashtag our real life because... Because, I mean, I yeah. see myself falling into that, thinking like, oh, I don't look as pretty as I want to look in this picture, so I'm not going to post it, or I don't look as thin as I want to be, so I'm not going to post it, but it's... It's reality. This is what I look like. This is what I, this is my size. Love like I'm not going to. We live in a time where there's so much pressure, so much pressure from everywhere. This is the way you need to look. This is what you need to, you know, be dressed like. This is what, why should I look like that? That's not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told me. I need to look the way Allah told me, you know, so. And I, I just want to reiterate like the purpose of our podcast. And I always say it, but honestly, like Zain and I did start this, Yusra, because I feel like the hardships I faced in my life, I felt like sometimes I was a little alone because I there was nobody to relate to. Everybody, again, was showcasing the best parts of their life. And I was sitting here dealing with hardships. And I was like, why am I being the only one, the only one that's being tested? But subhanAllah, the more you open up about your struggles, you realize you aren't the only one. And then you open the doors for other people to also share their stories. And I feel like this is what we want the purpose of this podcast to be to just showcase whoever right now is just struggling behind closed doors with their iman their faith and just ramadan in itself and whatnot wallahi you're not alone everybody's struggling absolutely and yesterday you said something that um 
kind of relates to this. You said that sometimes when we hear stories of the Sahaba and Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it's hard to connect because it was so long ago. But I think what Dunya and I want to do is share these stories that are happening right now in real time. And hopefully someone will connect to that and, and be able to spiritually move on and, and get over the hardships Absolutely. that they're facing. So Yusra, everybody was excited to know that you were going to be on our podcast. And <laughs> I was, I was myself, I was excited. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, we're going to have her. Cause wallahi, when I seen, <laughs> so sweet. Just like, wallahi, when I seen your Instagram episodes, I was like, I, I love this because these are the lectures and these stories that I relate to. And it makes me feel a type of some type of way. So we actually had, um, some of our listeners ask questions. So we chose two as usual. Um, so in this week's unsweetener takeover, we had at Zab Dalf ask, how do you stay strong when you're religion is constantly being attacked in the media when you know you're on the right path yes. when you know that you're right and everybody around you is wrong you know that it doesn't matter who says what and that you're only going to answer back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to people it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what they say at the end of the day you're um, striving for a much greater cause and that's just trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and trying to attain Jannah don't let anybody around you affect you don't listen to what's going in the media and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna worship anything else with him I'm not gonna upset him let them say what they want to say that's the case think about Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he was like uh, his own uncles were like you know like walking behind him telling the pil pilgrims were coming he's crazy he's my nephew and I'm telling you he's crazy don't listen to him you know being stoned and his teeth broken like Sayyidina Muhammad which one's worth worse you know what I'm saying in the communities we live in we kind of sometimes just shut ourselves in the bubbles of just the, our Muslim community but no show them the beauty of Islam and everything that we do and say you know what I'm saying I mean again you want to know what's going on in the world but at the same time you do need a detox for your mental health because yes some these stories yes. Wallahi, are very it vicious too much. it becomes too much and you don't yeah it is Exactly. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Um, we were listening to um, Dr. Jonathan Brown, I believe it was, and he was saying everybody should delete, you know, Facebook, Instagram, everything off their phone and keep it just on their computer. The way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us uh, is not in a way that we were supposed to handle all of this trauma. Yes. Right. And you sort of, it starts weighing on you. Yeah. You start crying. You start making jihad, but then what happens? You become depressed. Yes. We, in general, of course, yeah, as you said, we need to know what's going on in the world. But at the same time, it has to be in a, in a, in a moderate way, right? Don't think that it's right for us to feel guilty about the blessings that Allah has showered us with. There's a reason yeah, of course, why yes. Allah has showered us with these blessings and that certain people from across the world with hardships. And I feel like because in Syria, they're facing these hardships and Palestine, they're facing these hardships. Our du'as or their du'as, their du'as are going to be answered through us. So that's what, why some of us have, have blessings and we have an abundance of blessings so we can give back to those that are Absolutely. going through all these hardships. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a beautiful it's, way to look at circle, it. It's a circle. Beautiful, Allah, yes. It's a circle and we all need to come together and we all need to help each other, but do not ever feel guilty for the blessings that you do have. Enjoy them. Enjoy them while they last because even our blessings are temporary. So do not... Of course, yeah, of course. They're... Do not ever feel guilty about that, but just make sure that you are helping your Ummah. Giving and, back. Yeah. Giving and back. Giving back. Yes. Um, the next question, I, we kind of touched upon this. Um, it's from Arwa Hawanita. How do you not give up on your beliefs when you feel like your du'as are not being accepted okay so that's another test mm -hmm. right your dua it's either accepted or it fights qadr right like your qadr comes down and your dua goes up and subhanallah they tell you it's like a struggle in the heavens and the earth until sometimes maybe it's going to be a big catastrophe but because of your dua allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreases it instead of being forbid car accident trip and you bump i don't know you break your yes. toe or something you know so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or it's safe for you for jannah to elevate you even in a 
a better place in Jannah. So don't ever think that your da'a is not being accepted. It's either given to you if it's good for you, right? Or it's like struggling or like, you know, lessening the, the decree of something bad that's going to happen or it's safe for you. So nothing goes to waste with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never ever think that anything that you do or say is not heard. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي if my if servants ask about me, what he doesn't even say, tell them, Ya Muhammad, he doesn't say, tell them, he doesn't put anybody between us and him. He tells what I am close, I will answer the what the dua, whoever will ask or supplicate, subhanallah. So keep praying, keep making dua. You don't know what your dua is doing. If it's not doing what you need for it now, then know then this is not the good for you. I shared in my stories before, I was dying to go to Hajj and my papers were coming for like, you know. Uh, we need to like you know send you back home because change of address was like things like that and then i discovered later on that the, the company was like some sort of scam and oh they were on the street subhanallah yeah so i got invited i had i was gonna go and i and i paid and everything and subhanallah within a month it was alhamdulillah resolved like it was something on their end that they had an update in their system and i sat for two and a half years and somebody telling us like you know how they were they went to hajj blah 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 and it turned out i was like oh really but we're gonna go that year he's like yeah i went to this company it was a scam he's like subhanak ya rab how he handles our affairs so you never know your dua you don't know what is keeping you from or what it's you know nothing goes to waste with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's there it's being saved for you for something bigger and better inshallah it's almost Absolutely. like this this maybe won't make sense and whatever but it's like almost when you're shopping and you have all these reward points and you accumulate these reward yes. points and you're okay with these reward points sitting there because you know one day they're gonna they're gonna transform into something that you actually want and you can exchange it for something that you truly yes. want yes. but you just don't know what it is that you want yeah. right now so same thing at this point right now i may make the dua but I may want something right now. And again, like you said, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. So I don't know. So inshallah, these du'as are like reward points. You're just accumulating all these reward points as much, every time you make a du'a. And wallahi, one day it's going to transition to something so beautiful, such a beautiful blessing for the time that you're right for it in your life. It might be a whole completely different stage in your life. You might be just older and you might be wiser and it might be just something that you need at that point in time. So um I really want to thank you, Yasra, for thank coming so on much. here, for sharing your beautiful stories online. You do not know the effect that you've had on thousands of people that have listened to your videos. You're being shared in WhatsApp groups and everything <laughs> yes. because it's just the way, subhanAllah, you you have this intention to just say these stories and just to have people feel good you about... find beauty yes. in like situations that I think a lot of people would find like negative in. Yeah. Like you had a story where you were stuck in traffic for such a long time when you were missing appointments and whatnot. It, the place that you were originally supposed to go was robbed. Yeah. You would have been yeah. you know, stuck in the middle of that. So I think that you have such incredible videos. Where can our listeners find you? So I have, first of all, Jazakum. I mean, it's a risk from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ya Rabbi, always use us and never exchange us. And may Allah ya Rabbi, and give me always the ability to, you know, you know, touch people's lives and help them, ya Rabbi, inshallah. So um, I have my Facebook, uh, my public page, and then I have my Instagram account. It's all the same name, Yusra Kamal Kanzil. So, you know, good things happen and that, you know, I can keep sharing the stories. Just keep me in, my, in your dua and keep my family in your dua. Please, please, inshallah. these days, inshallah. Inshallah, Ya Rabbi, we end this Ramadan very successfully and with our health and with our family and with our friends. And inshallah, we get to see another Ramadan. Inshallah, we continue um, decreasing the distance between all, us and Allah, decreasing the t distance between us and our loved ones. Um, yeah, I I want to thank you once more, Yusra, for coming on here and just blessing us with your presence and with your beautiful stories. And inshallah, our listeners can take a lot of um, take a lot away from these beautiful stories. Yes.
So thank you. For Ramadan me, Mubarak. Like, I'm the one who's no, honored. Thank you. And Eid Mubarak to you too. It's going to be in a few you days. Too, thank you. you too. You too. Ramadan Eid Mubarak to you too. Inshallah. Thank you. And we're back with our unfiltered afterthoughts. I learned so much this episode and it's not even learning new things. It's kind of refreshing my mind of things that I already knew, but things I needed to hear, especially at moments like this. Absolutely. And I think that's like, this is why I love going to lectures. And this is why I love listening to lectures on YouTube when you don't have the time. I'm telling you, all these lectures on YouTube are amazing. Like Yasmin Mujahid, I just go through her like playlist. But it to me, it is like, it's so great to have these refreshers because I think we just get so caught up with our daily lives that we forget these little things and these moments and, and like how Allah is blessing us every single day. And just like we feel like a disconnect because we do not choose to connect. Like our phones are connected to our social media platforms. They're connected to our friends and our family. But have when was the last time you actually like opened the Quran? I know that's right. not realistic sometimes, but how about having an app on your phone? How about just, yeah, like I said, listening to a lecture on your way to work. It's the best thing. It is. And I think sometimes we're so... We get so congested with our timelines. And even if someone posts like a screenshot of an ayah with the tra- like the transcription, yeah. we become so desensitized to the meaning of that ayah because it's like an overload of content. Absolutely. And that's why I like, like in this episode, we were saying all these things, but I'm like, people might think like some things are like cliche or whatnot, but like, no, really sit down and immerse yourself in what we're saying, because it's so true that when you are patient, when you do see hardships as blessings, and when you do thank Allah for your blessings, that's how you get closer to Allah and you decrease the distance between you and Allah. And your du'as will always be answered in one way or another. But when you say that, it just sounds so cliche. Like, oh, I've heard this. It was on my Instagram timeline, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, it, I mean, that's what our religion is. And we have to remember that everything is in Allah's hands. And although we think that we're this almighty thing that has power over everything in our life it's not true and no. i think if allah doesn't want it it's not going to happen and as as yesra was telling her stories i remembered um a year and a half ago when i graduated college and i thought that i had this senior internship position in the bag like i thought i was going to get it 100 i had the producers of the network that i was working for hint to me that i was going to get it and on the day that I was supposed to be offered this internship, I was told that they had canceled the position, like they were no longer going to offer this position. And so I graduated with no plan. And I remember being so, I don't want to use the word depressed because obviously it wasn't. We don't want to use that loosely. Yes. Right. But like, I remember just feeling so devastated. Sad. Yeah. yeah. And I went three months without a job. And I know that might not sound a lot. But like when you don't have a plan, when you don't have a backup thing to fall on, it felt like a lifetime of not having anything. And then subhanAllah, three months later, I was offered my job, not an internship, an actual job. And it just reminded me in that moment, I was so upset over not getting this position, this intern position. And I was like, why is this happening? Yeah, Allah, why is this happening? And then once I got my job and I started working, I realized it's because Allah had another plan for me. And Absolutely. it's in that moment, it's hard to pull yourself out of the situation and say like, Allah knows what's best. Allah has a plan for me. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And when mm-hmm. you look back at things, it's like, subhanAllah, this subhanAllah. happened for a reason. And I, I just feel like I have so many hardships under my belt that now I'm like, I thrive when I'm facing a hardship. And I obviously want to thank Allah for that because he's the one that gives me the strength. But I just want to reiterate that 
Allah gives you hardships to purify you, to just cleanse your soul. And it's a way to actually erase your sins. When you do face a hardship and you trust, you put your trust in Allah and you go through this hardship, um, having the faith in Allah that you are going to come out stronger than ever before. It's just another way to renew who you are and just to erase your sins. And that's like the best thing ever, honestly. Yeah. Um, I thank Yusra for her videos that remind us of this. Because absolutely. we need it, especially this day and age. We need those little hints of inspiration and motivation to keep going. Yeah, we want everything convenient. We want things at the tip of our, you know, on, on our fingertips. I guess that's how you say it. <laughs> you and your little... I'm like my, whatever you want to call them. But it's just like... It, you you can stay connected to your religion. It is accessible. Wallahi, yeah. it's accessible. Jump on YouTube. I'm telling you guys. Like, and it's so easy for us nowadays because we have smartphones. Yeah. Everyone has a smartphone. Absolutely. My mom has a smartphone, yeah. y'all. So it's like, <laughs> come on. But I, I really just... I don't know, this Ramadan, it was a challenge for me, but it's also, again, a challenge means that you're growing and you're learning. And now I feel like a little bit stronger, even though I did feel like a spiritual disconnect, but I just realized it's just a great way for me to recalibrate my intentions and just to like, I guess, focus better on what's important. I think I got, I immersed myself in so much work from like personal life to my actual job to even just the podcast. It was just like, we were overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed, yeah. Zaina. So I felt like, let me take a step back. Let me just stay up an extra 30 minutes and watch something, a lecture, listen to a lecture, or even just listen to the Quran and just literally close my eyes. and To just bring you back on relax. track. Relax. Yeah, to bring and myself. And hopefully what we've learned this Ramadan, we can carry on. To the After, next Ramadan, yeah, and not post. even just just in life in general. Right, honestly, right. that's the whole point. And I I think the hardest thing for us to do is to ask Allah sometimes for forgiveness. I said this in the episode because I think we are ashamed sometimes of our mistakes, or we're scared to admit that we did something, or you know, especially when you tell Allah, "I'm not going to do this again," or whatnot. All these and mistakes. Then you go back, yeah, and, and you go back and do it from like just being an ang- like angry or fighting with somebody or whatnot. So, but I always. I think Allah always makes it um, evident that you should always ask for forgiveness. So even if you felt like a disconnect in this Ramadan, maybe you can ask for forgiveness. You can talk to Allah just personally, you and him. Um, It doesn't have to always just be through prayer. Yeah, it doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, don't reserve these conversations with Allah only when you're praying the five times a day. I mean, you're breathing for the rest of the day. So talk to him, even converse with And I always do that. It's just anything that I go through in in like my day to day, I always say, oh, thank God. Like I I caught my train. Thank God today was an easy work day. Like I always do that. I don't know. And it's nice. I don't know. It's just like, being God conscious is so important to always have God on your mind. It doesn't like, I'm not trying to say to be super religious and you have to know every a, every verse in the Quran. I'm just saying, just keep Allah on the, in the forefront of your mind. Like just realize like he's always there. So just always think of him. And I think it helps you make better decisions. Absolutely. Daily. Absolutely. So, um, I we really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We honestly did. And I um, hope you take away what we took away. It just leave it to God. Yeah. Um, we just want to leave off with a uh, kulsanu to salmin. Inshallah, everybody enjoys their Eid. Inshallah, everybody Inshallah. is happy and healthy. And we see the next Ramadan. Inshallah. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember to hit that subscribe button. Yeah, so after this episode is done, you guys, just make sure you guys do hit that subscribe button because you guys do get notified about our next episode. So you will be the first to know when we do release episodes. Um, Again, thank you so much for the reviews that you guys have been giving us. We definitely appreciate the five-star reviews. We appreciate when you guys actually take the time out to even write something um, to us. 
Um, again, when it comes to feedback and if you guys have any topic suggestions, please either email us or send us a DM. Again, we open all of our emails and all of our DMs and we respond to everybody. I mean, who do we think we are? <laughs> of course <laughs> so, we do. Of course we do. So please let all these recommendations and feedback come our way. Um, we definitely want to just make this a community project. We want everybody's input and that's, Absolutely. What's, that's what it's all about. So again, Ramadan Kareem to you and your family and Eid Mubarak. Thank you.